We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Happy Saturday. Today is June 25th. Here is what's new in sports. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals goes to Tampa Bay last night as they grab a 3-2 win over Colorado. Colorado still leads the series three games to two, and Game 6 will be Sunday night at 8 o'clock. In the NFL, reports are starting to come in that Saints running back Alvin Kamara is expecting a six-game suspension for an incident that occurred during the Pro Bowl. While nothing is finalizing, the Players NFL Players Association is expecting Deshaun Watson to be suspended for either the entire year or indefinitely. Over to the NBA now, Steve Clifford agrees to return as the Charlotte Hornets head coach. He last coached the team in 2018 before leaving to coach the Orlando Magic. And in baseball, the Mets took down the Marlins 5-3. The Astros get a win over the Yankees 3-1. That snaps the Bombers' 15-game home winning streak. And the Blue Jays win one over the Brewers 9-4. Speaking of the Bisons, the Bisons walked it off last night in the 10th inning against the St. Paul Saints. Final score there, 5-4. You can catch the Herd in action today in Game 5 of a six-game set against St. Paul. Game time for that one, scheduled 6.05. You, of course, can catch all of that action over on our sister station, The Bet 1520. That's your Paddock Chevrolet Sports Update. Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. I'm Corey Jackson for WGR Sports Radio 550. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching <laughs> a documentary. Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage on WGR. You good? Not little Jets. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. All right, y'all, good morning. Welcome. Sports Talk Saturday, starting off at our normal time, 11 a.m. Eastern. The dog days of summer. 
That's what uh, that's what this time of year is sort of coined because I'm actually not sure. I don't really know what the dog days of summer actually means other than to tell you I, I think part of it has to do with this is the time of year that you eat the most hot dogs, I believe. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I can confirm that right now through the next couple of weeks where we consider it the dog days of summer – I will consume the most hot dogs I will have eaten throughout the year happens this week and into the next few weeks, especially 4th of July. Really, 4th of July, your diet pretty much consists of hot dogs and beer. Well, seltzers now because that's the new, the new age hip thing to drink is seltzers. I don't know why I said hip. I really only drink seltzers now. I don't really even drink beer anymore because it makes me bloated and I can't eat enough hot dogs. It's a great thing about seltzer, right? You can eat a lot of hot dogs and not have it really affect your ability to drink seltzers in the hot July sun. So, you know, think about it. Dog days of summer, they're upon us. And what that typically means is that there are no real sports going on other than Major League Baseball. This year's a little different, right, because we've got the NHL's extended playoff schedule because of the 2020 pandemic and the 2021 season getting pushed and then subsequently the 2021-2022 season getting pushed back. Um, So, you know, we don't have a July 1 free agency coming upon us here. That's happening soon, but not that soon, right? Like, we still got a few weeks. The NHL draft is approaching as well. Um, But yesterday, you know, we have Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final yesterday. And um, and for those who, for whatever reason, weren't watching, I was at a – I had my podcast at 9 o'clock, but I had it playing on the other screen, so I was watching, you know, throughout. And then um, I went out to a going-away party, and luckily at the bar that was outside, there was a big, giant projector playing the – the final, you know, seven or ten minutes of that third period. And, you know, where we are in the middle of the summer is is sort of an awkward time. I know it is for me. I just, I don't know. There's not always a ton of stuff to talk about, right? There's, well, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty to talk about if you're, you know, want to be doom and gloom about the world that we live in. But, you know, this is a sports show, so I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be positive and we'll talk about the very little sports that are going on right now. And, and I almost like... The fact that we didn't have the NBA and the NHL ending at the same time this year. It gives me, it's given everyone, sports fans alike, a little bit more time to enjoy pro sports before the NFL schedule consumes all of our lives, right? Which, you know, frankly, the NFL has consumed all of our lives all year round. I think this is the only true break the NFL has, right? Like, after minicamps, after mandatory minicamp ends, the you know second or third week of June, until training camp. We get an actual one-month break from the NFL. Good for them for giving us that, because I think, frankly, we needed it. But, you know, the NBA had their draft two days ago, and, you know, short of, there's just, the NBA draft has does not have the same sizzle it once did. Like, there are... A lot of that probably has to do with high schoolers are no longer able to get drafted, like watching LeBron and Kobe and, um, you know, I mean, that 2006 draft where you have, I think it was 2006 or was it 2002? Holy cow. I, I should, I should find that out. I feel old now that I don't know that LeBron draft year is 03. I mean, I was completely wrong in, in every aspect of that. He is approaching his 20th year in the NBA in case anybody wants to feel old LeBron, right? Like the guy that did the whole not one, not two, not three. Like, that happened pretty well into his career. I just, 
time is passing by. I, I, I digress. I am old, or at least I feel old. Anytime I hear how old LeBron is, it makes me feel equally as old because, God forbid, I mean, he feels like he's been a part of my childhood. 2003, I'd have been fifth grade, sixth grade, you know? I mean, that's... Right, is that is that is that right? Because Carmelo Anthony, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have been fifth grade when Carmelo Anthony. I think I might have been fourth grade. I don't know. I feel old. Um, <clears throat> regardless, so the NBA, right? Like the draft does not have the same punch it used to have, and a lot of that is because maybe I don't follow along with the NBA as closely. I also think the NBA doesn't do necessarily a great job of promoting and making college players, and part of this is too, is the one-year college rule. Guys don't really have enough time in college basketball to make a name for themselves in one year, unless you're Zion or or even you're, you know, John, John Morant. He's a guy that spent several years in college. He wasn't just a one-and-done guy. So um, it is a weird time of year talking about football. I almost feel obligated to talk about football, right? Because right now, the NHL playoffs, I think every Sabres fan here in Western New York – has a weird, cautious optimism about the Sabres this year, and I think we've all moved on. I mean, I'm watching the final. Um, I would like... Here's the thing. I have no... I don't care who wins the final. Right? Like, Tampa Bay, if they win a third straight, good for them. I don't hate Tampa. If the Avs win, it's felt inevitable since, like, March that they were going to win the Stanley Cup. So... Yeah, sure. They win it, whatever. I, I mean, I'm still... I think I'm expecting them to win it at this point, but... There is no emotional attachment to whatever happens in the NHL playoffs. Obviously, the same existed for the NBA playoffs, except for the fact that I kind of liked Golden State, and I was rooting for Golden State to win. So I have not had rooting interest in anything since the middle of January, right? Like since the Bills lose to the Chiefs in the division round, you know, part of all of us, we had like that mini piece of Voldemort die inside of us, right? Like, after that game. Short of that, you know, short of having a little part of us die, um, there has not been a real true rooting interest for me. Sure, the Sabres had the second half, but they were out of a playoff race by January. So, for me, the emotion, the emotional connection, I guess I should say, not just the emotion, not just flatly the emotion, but the emotion going into the NFL season every year is sort of the ramp-up period to, okay, sports are back. When in reality, you know, we still have Major League Baseball, and any time that you have the Yankees being as good as they are right now, and I want, I just, I want to watch, hmm, how do I put this respectfully so that Yankees fans don't yell at me? Um... I want to watch them crash and burn. That would be the that would be entertaining. Is to watch the Yankees go on like a 12 game losing streak and watch Boston overtake them in first place in the AL East. That would be a good rooting interest for me. Short of that, like I have nothing right now to root for. So, as we approach training camp, what else couldn't we talk about going into training camp? We're going to talk about training camp battles with Elena Getzenberg from ESPN. She covers the Bills, obviously. We're going to talk to her about what kind of what training camp battles she might be looking at, if there are any. Um, I think there are. There's a couple. But 
Getting into training camp and allowing some storylines to play out in real time, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm looking forward to going to St. John Fisher. It's been a while for me, two years, since I've been at St. John Fisher, you know, covering practices and and hosting Sports Talk Saturday live from Fisher. Um, And on Sundays, we'll be doing that again this year and and hosting a special Sports Talk Saturday on Sunday. um, They're live from St. John Fisher from practice and getting to go watch the practice and then hop on air and report about what I'm seeing like that is the 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 quintessential like I'm looking forward to that that's the official start of the sports season and short of the Yankees crashing and burning I don't have a lot of rooting interest in baseball either I'm a Royals fan I think most people that listen to me or follow me on Twitter they know I'm a Royals fan I mean I haven't had anything to root for since 2015 so baseball is kind of dead to me the Sabres not being good has not helped um and the Knicks are the worst laughing stock in all of sports. So what am I doing? And I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I just have this this penchant for hurt. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So I'm I'm really sort of hoping that training camp brings us some storylines. And I don't know exactly what that means, storylines, right? Like, hopefully all positive. Hopefully we see, hmm, you know, Tim Settle, the Bills' newest defensive tackle, has a great training camp and looks like he's going to be a dominating one technique in this Bills defense. Sure. Let's talk about that. How about Terrell uh, Bernard, right? The the, the Bills' third-round pick out of Baylor, the, the linebacker. He looks so darn fast and so darn good in training camp. He's pushing for actual playing time. Maybe the Bills need to consider playing more four three fronts, right? He's a guy that's going to be in sub packages. I don't know, right? Like these are these are positive storylines that I'm kind of looking forward to. Like I'm trying to be predictive in this because I just don't know that there are any true storylines that are going to play out in a positive manner. Is there a a battle that you're expecting? It maybe you know what? Maybe it's James Cook, right? Like may, maybe James Cook is the guy that I'm looking at here over the next couple of weeks to really turn heads because I am sort of in a place where I'm I'm unsure why people are pigeonholing James Cook so much. And I'll even say this about my my podcast co-host, Bruce Nolan, on our Food for Thought podcast. He's of the same mind, that James Cook is likely a pass-catching back. Arguably, he's another slot receiver for this team. I couldn't disagree more. I would like to see how that plays out in training camp. I just don't think you spend a second-round pick a second-round pick, the highest pick dedicated to a running back in the Brandon Bean era for him to be some specialty player. Just a guy that runs out there and, and gets 20 snaps a game, maybe gets a couple of touches, all of which are through the air, and maybe he gets one draw on a third and long and a give-up play, right? Like, I can't believe that we're all still sort of thinking that. I, I know what he did in college. But I, the same conversation people are going to have about Devin Singletary, his rookie year. Well, Devin Singletary, he had... Five catches in college, in his college career. Great college career as a runner. Not really the top-end speed guy. He's not going to run away from guys in the NFL level. And he's not going to be a good pass catcher for you. Well, that was kind of debunked. I mean, he'd led the team in, in catches at the running back position for the last two years. He had 30-something catches last year. I mean, he was a piece of the offense, a piece of the passing offense, right? So the idea that we pigeonholed Devin Singletary early on in his career as a guy that's not going to be your pass catcher, I think was proven, I think, at least somewhat wrong. I think he proved that he can be a guy that can catch the ball semi-reliably. I think he leaves a lot to be desired in the pass game. He's not the biggest guy. So if you're Josh Allen, you sort of have to throw the ball low. You can't throw the ball high and expect Devin Singletary to go up and get it. So for me, 
this conversation probably starts and ends with James Cook, right? Maybe Khalil Shakir's in here. Can, can Shakir be a guy that provides depth for them on the outside at the outside receiver position when most people are pinning him as a slot receiver at the NFL level? I am one of those people. But James Cook, what an interesting thought process that people have had, right? Do you spend, in any world, now last year's a little different. Boogie Bash, the second round pick last year, right? He does not really see the field much of any last year. And a big reason for that is they had a lot of veteran presence on that defensive end at that edge group last year. Obviously, all of those veteran presidents are pretty much gone. You've brought in Shaq Lawson. You've brought in Von Miller, obviously. But this year is about blossoming Boogie Basham, along with Greg Rousseau, obviously. But this is a big year for Boogie Basham. It's arguably a bigger year for A.J. Epinesa, a guy who's entering... His third season, next year will be his fourth in his rookie deal, another second-round pick, right? So we're talking about back-to-back-to-back second-round picks in in A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, and James Cook. And part of this argument probably goes against what I'm saying right now. Historically, over the last couple of years, second-round picks have not produced much. They have not been asked to do a lot. The second round is arguably the most important round to find contributors in. Why? It's free money. It's house money. You get a four-year deal. You got guys that, you know, maybe are borderline first-round picks. Guys that are first-round picks that fall because of off-the-field issues, fall because of medicals. The second round has to be where you do some of your best work. The Bills... Holy cow, their second round has been a disaster. Cody, in, in, in the Brandon Bean era, Cody Ford, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, and now James Cook. Is James Cook going to be the guy that turns around their second round luck? That's what I'm kind of looking towards. That's what I'm thinking will happen this year. I think it has to happen. They need a true athlete, a true game changer at the running back position. Not a guy that they have to feed, And that's what I like about James Cook is you do not have to feed James Cook, you know, 25 touches a game for him to be effective. You don't have to worry about, oh, well, we got to get him three or four touches early in the the ball game to get him going, to build some momentum for him for the rest of the game. I don't believe that's where we're standing with him, right? I think he can be a guy in seven touches, can have electrifying moments, can break off a 15-yard screen pass or a dump-off pass, break one tackle, he can take it to the house. He proved that at Georgia. He proved that against the SEC's best defenses, right? So I think for me, the only thing that stands against James Cook breaking out and really sort of taking this running back room by force is the history of Brandon being second-round picks. They just have not really panned out. Now, I don't think there's a lot of hope left for Cody Ford to turn into the player that they thought they were getting in the second round that they traded up for. Zay Jones, that would have been Whaley, I believe. They traded up for Zay Jones. I believe that was Whaley. I'm having a tougher time remembering that. But I think ultimately where I'm kind of going with this second round luck or lack thereof for the Bills is this is kind of the perfect guy to break the streak of I think also the Bills have probably picked some of the hardest positions to bloom in the second round, short of there have been plenty of second, third, fourth round picks at the edge positions that have blossomed into really good players. I'm thinking Max Crosby, right? I mean, Crosby has turned into one of the elite defensive ends in all of football. Greg Rousseau, a late first round pick at the edge position. 
He started the year hot. He tapered off a bit. And, and frankly, that's not a surprise if you're thinking about Greg Rousseau, right? I mean, Rousseau missed all of the 2021 season because he sat out and before that led the NCAA in sacks. So a whole season off and then playing a, from a 12-game schedule to a 17-game schedule after a full season off, that tapering makes a lot of sense to me. He's going to and should have a really strong year two. He's a little bit thicker. I think they are probably, I would guess, just licking their fingers thinking about Greg Rousseau on the other side of Von Miller, right? I mean, I know I am. I think that's got to be one of the most exciting things. I was saying this yesterday with this Bills defensive line, talking about the dog days of summer, right? My podcast theme yesterday was the dog days of summer. And we were talking about comparing the Bills defensive line. We, we call it food similes, right? We're comparing the, what, the, the Bills defensive line makes you feel like blank, right? And I said, it's a lot like going to a diner and ordering savory and sweet. Right. And I think for me, the savory and sweet option really fulfills all of my needs when I'm going to breakfast. I am a man that needs both. I've learned this about myself because there's nothing worse than loading up on a on a filling savory breakfast dish, finishing and thinking, man, that was really good. But I could use one pancake. I could have really used one French toast. Right. I think Brandon Bean went into this offseason at the defensive line position thinking, okay, here's my core guys. I got some young players. I've got Ed Oliver. I've got Greg Rousseau. I've got Boogie Basham. I've got AJ Epinesa. The rest of these guys are exposable, are expendable, and I'm ready to create a more diverse. I want savory and sweet. When when the Bills are playing the Cleveland Browns or the Indianapolis Colts, last year the Colts ran all over the Bills, and the Bills had no physical answer at the front end of this defensive line. The, I mean, that off... Now, granted, the Indianapolis Colts have an elite-level offensive line, a really darn good offensive line. So that is to be expected, right? Like, they manhandled a lot of teams in route to, you know, Jonathan Taylor having one of the best seasons he's ever had, right? So it just wasn't against the Bills. But I guess where I'm coming at here is now the Bills, in a given week can dress a defensive line based on the matchup that they have. Okay, you're, play, you're, you're facing off against Indianapolis. Great offensive line. You're facing off against Cleveland. Great offensive line. All right, sorry, you know, Boogie. You're sitting this week. Shaq Lawson, you're in, right? Or, hey, sorry, this week, uh, Ed Oliver, your snap count's going to be down because we're going to see a lot of Ed Oliver and DJ uh, Daquan Jones go in. Or we're going to see a lot of Jordan Phillips and a lot of... Tim Settle, right? Like the Bills defensive line. And oh, hey, you want to play bigger? All right, well, Shaq. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Boston will go in and on... First and ten, you might across the board have AJ Epinesa, and maybe you have Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and on the other end you have Greg Rousseau. Oh, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You want to have responsible pass rushing lanes, but also you want to play small. You're not expecting that offensive line. You're not expecting that Chiefs offensive unit to turn around and hand the ball to Ronald Jones and to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 30 times a game. All right, Shaq Lawson, you go to the inactive list. We're bringing back up Boogie Basham. And now you've got across the line on third and 10, you've got Boogie on one end. You've got Vaughn on the other end. You bump down Greg Rousseau to the three-tech, and now you've got Ed Oliver at the one. And all of a sudden, you've got the NASCAR package. So I think for me, the versatility of this defensive line this year is really exciting, right? And they've done a lot of work over the last couple of years in the second round to give themselves some versatility. And then they went to free agency this year with a dedication on creating variety and, and, some, and some different pieces and some mobility, but also some stoutness in the middle as well with Jordan Phillips bringing him back. So I think there's a lot to like about what this Bills team has done this offseason. But for me, I need some more success from the second round. And I know like we had Kyle, uh, Kyle Treats on Twitter say, Dawkins and Jones are both 2017 seconds. Can we count that as Whaley? It's a good question. I, I, I want to say we count that as Whaley. Um, I know that was McDermott's first draft, right? But I think I think we're counting that as Whaley. And Dawkins is probably the last really good second-round pick this team has had. I mean, it, it for sure is. Um, Zay Jones was a miss in that same draft, right? I mean, J- Zay Jones was a miss. Maybe he wouldn't have been a miss if you didn't trade up for him. But the, the ad- additional pressure of trading up for him, I think, probably caused the the fuse to be a little short for him. But he was a disappointment. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. He was a disappointment here in Buffalo. And I think A.J. Epinesa is starting to trend in that direction as well. Um, so for me, like, I need A.J. To, to take that step this year because they're really missing that true tall edge setter that's not Greg Rousseau. I think they could really use a second guy that does that. Now, they bring in Shaq Lawson. and we know Shaq's not like some pass rush specialist. He's a guy that can set the edge in the run game. But I think they're, they want to have that variety. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to James Cook maybe bucking the trend of these disappointing second-round picks. Let's go to the phones before we take a timeout and get Elena Getzenberg of ESPN to join us. Let's go to Nate in Williamsville. Nate, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. What do you got for me, my friend? Hey, 
Nate, uh, I appreciate the segment. And, and just before I get into it, I, I'm the same Nate that wants to play golf with you whenever you want. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you, I'll, I'll make sure make sure my DMs are open. You can hit me up. All right. No, you, you touched on a little bit with Cook, and I'm, I'm curious to know, when I look at this roster, the offense is still obviously very exciting. It's the slot position for me that I'm still trying to make heads or tails of. I kind of feel like that position on the field feels like the defensive line. They have a lot of different options that they can – put out there with Crowder, McKenzie, whatever Howard's going to do from the tight end spot or potentially lineup wide and what Cook can do uh, versatility wise. I was curious kind of how you see maybe maybe pie chart wise those guys mixing hmm. into this offense and, and where they fit. Um, but I'm with you on, on what you mentioned recently. That defensive line with, with how unknown it is, um, it, it's the most unknown quantity on defense. I'm very excited to see what combos they can roll out um, so just interested in your thoughts on those. Yeah, Nate, and I, and I think about the um, I think about the defensive line as a very high floor, but man, I think it also has a very high ceiling. I, I think it could be potentially one of the better defensive lines in football, but at the very worst, it'll be better than it was last year. And they were good last year. They weren't bad, but they just weren't versatile enough to be able to a week-to-week change what they do fundamentally to match the strength of the offense on the other side of the ball. They will be able to do that this year. But your question about the slot, which I think is a good one. And I think, you know, in any given situation, I think Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs will be on the field for roughly 95 to 100% of snaps, right? I think everyone's in agreement about that. So if that's the case, I think you're going to see a pretty heavy dose of Jamison Crowder, but I would not sleep on Isaiah McKenzie. From, all, from everything you heard from, from Bill's OTAs, especially some of the 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11, 11 11, He's been a big target of Josh Allen's. He is the longest tenured weapon, pass catcher of Josh Allen's on the team, on the roster. So I think for me, everyone has sort of slept on and, well, he's a one-trick pony. He can't really line up on the outside. and He doesn't run a full route tree. And he's not a true nuanced zone-beating slot receiver. That's Crowder. So when teams play man against the Bills, I would expect to see a lot of Isaiah McKenzie. When a lot of teams play zone against the Bills, I would expect to see a lot of Jamison Crowder. Again, we're talking about scheme versatility, right? The ability to match what the defense is doing, or on, in the case of the defensive line, to match what the offensive is doing to a strength of yours. And now the Bills have versatility on the offensive side in terms of pass catchers to get creative when defenses want to run man. Now, not a lot of defenses want to run man against the Bills. So I don't know how that fits into McKenzie's, like if we're talking percentage or pie chart, I mean, 70 to 75% of teams are going to run zone against the Bills. So I think you're going to see Crowder, but I would not sleep on Isaiah McKenzie. You're talking about James Cook. I'm not sure that you're going to see him as a regular lined up in the slot. I think they could use a lot, start him in the slot, motion him back into the backfield. How James Cook ends up seeing time, to me, Nate, can he block? On third down, can Josh Allen, can Sean McDermott, can, you know, um, can Ken Dorsey trust James Cook in the backfield on third and long to protect Josh Allen's blind side? If he can do that. If he can prove to be a guy that can be relied upon to be a good pass blocker in third and long and obvious passing situations, that guy's going to play a lot more than people think he is. 
803-0550. Thanks for the call, Nate. I appreciate it. Let's go take a timeout. We've got Elena Getzenberg of ESPN. She's the Bills meet, she's the Bills beat reporter for ESPN NFL Nation. She's going to join us next. We'll talk more about this. We'll get her thoughts. She's been at uh, mandatory minicamp. She's seen the development of the slot slot position. We'll see. Get her thoughts on James Cook. We'll get her thoughts on Isaiah McKenzie and any other pet camp battles that end uh, that 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 end up playing out here over the next couple of weeks. So Elena joins us next year on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. I was the first guy to stamp Josh Allen. He'll tell you this. When I see him in camp, I'm like, whoa, this guy, this kid is going to be something special. Maybe not this year, maybe maybe in the next year or the third year, but Josh Allen's a special player just by his, his physique. He's, when you see him, he's 6'5", he's big, he's strong. He's fast. Yo, and he's a competitor. He's so fast. Like, I can't even explain it because when we kind of got him, they were slowly, gradually, you know, bringing him on, giving him a small amount of reps. He was trying to learn the playbook. But when he got in there, right, even plays he might not do well. But you just see the flash, like, whoa, this kid is going to be special. Um, you talked about his speed. He's strong and he hates to lose. He's he's probably the best out of the quarterbacks I've played with. He's probably the best in every sport. That is LaShawn Shady McCoy. He was on with Colin Coward and The Herd earlier this week. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Not going to waste any more time because we've got our first guest of the day. Elena Getzenberg joins me on the Wester Hotline to talk a little Bills. She covers the Bills for ESPN. Elena, good morning to you, and uh, thanks for hanging out with me on your Saturday morning. I know you have uh, you could be anywhere in the world in Buffalo. Well, in Buffalo, right? Not in the world, but anywhere in the world. Uh, and you decide to be on the radio with me, so I appreciate you. Happy to be on. Thanks for having me, Nate, and good morning. And yes, it's a lovely day in Buffalo, but it's great to talk to you. So thanks for having me on. It's warm as hell. This is is this truly your first like real summer in Buffalo, right? Yes, I I came in September, so I got that beginning fall stuff and I have to say this is fantastic. I love like how outside everyone is uh-huh. and like, all the stuff that's going on. It's amazing. I'm, I'm loving my summer in Buffalo. Listen, you came from Charlotte, right? So you yeah. come from a place where you're getting like nine months of nice weather. So there's a little bit more of like a laissez-faire thought about, okay, well, it's June. I think I'm just going to sit in the house in, in the air conditioning and watch, you know, whatever. Or eh, I'll just sit in the backyard and won't do anything. People in Buffalo fit in like... 12 months of outdoor activities into four months of the season. So, like, you're if you have something that you want to do in June, July, and August, Elena, like, there's a good chance you're going to have the pick of the litter of whatever you want to do. So, wait till 4th of July, because 4th of July, there is a lot of good beach parties. There's a lot to going on. And, of course, as always, if you ever need someone to give you some good tips on places to go this summer, you know, you know I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a text message or DM away. So, I got you on that, all right? Oh, absolutely. And thank you. And yes, no, it's been, there's like, um, like you said, I'm kind of overwhelmed by like <laughs> the amount of things going on. It's like picking what to do, but no, I've actually really been enjoying it. And like you said, it's, you got to embrace the nice weather while it's here. And I've been like, I knew it was going to be nice, but it was even better than I expected. So it's been lovely. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping it sticks around. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, 80 degrees all weekend. So, uh, I know I'll be lovely. looking forward to it, but I want to get into some football talk with you because uh, you had the pleasure of being at One Bills Drive during mandatory minicamps and OTAs. So you got a good feel of what this team is sort of gearing towards heading into training camp. And 
I think it's maybe a little too broad to just say, hey, Elena, what are your favorite camp battles like that are coming up? Because honestly, Elena, there's not a ton of them. Like there are a couple of depth battles that are potentially going to play out during training camp. So I think maybe the area I'm most interested in talking to you about is like the number three, the slot receiver, right? And the Bills go out this offseason. They go get Jamison Crowder. They re-sign um, Isaiah McKenzie. And then they make a late training camp move, or I'm sorry, late mini camp move to go get Tavon Austin, which I think is an interesting interesting wrinkle in all this and then you consider Isaiah Hodgins who's kind of like a big slot like how do you envision that position playing out knowing they've got maybe more numbers there than in any position on the team yeah it's actually kind of a it's one of the like you said there's not a ton of position battles going on right like we know a good this roster is pretty set outside of like a few spots so this is really interesting I think I mean Isaiah McKenzie definitely right now after the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I would say has a step forward when it comes to like taking over that Cole Beasley role, being that slot receiver, just based on OTAs and minicamp. But Jamison Crowder looks great. Like he looks really solid. And we know like, yeah, his numbers with the Jets weren't great at the end, but he had a really strong first season with them. And yeah, it was three years ago, but I think he can be pretty good and he can be a dependable guy. And Isaiah McKenzie clearly wants to be more than just a speedy guy. He wants to be that slot receiver role. So I think between the two of them, that's what I'm going to be watching in training camp, which one of them kind of emerges as more of the the go-to slot receiver role. And then, honestly, for me, Tavon Austin's more of a return option. Like, I think he can be a receiver. He can be that guy. But I don't know. I think if he makes this roster, I think it's more – he can contribute as a returner to me. So, like, when you're just looking at the slot receiver role, I would my focus is on Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder and, like, which of them can really be that dependable guy that they go to often. Yeah, I think Isaiah McKenzie is the most interesting one, right? I, because I think you know what you're getting in Jamison Crowder just based on what he's done over the course of his career. It was the flash last year that you saw when Isaiah McKenzie got extended time in this offense, right? And we know Isaiah McKenzie... I said this earlier, it's kind of crazy to think. He's the longest standing pass catcher that Josh Allen has had with him on this roster. He's been here since Josh Allen's rookie year. It's crazy, and yet he's never fully blossomed into a full-time role offensively, yet they keep bringing him back. And last year, that Patriots game was a real eye-opener, but then he sort of went back to what he's always been, which is just a nice depth piece, a fourth to fifth receiver. And, you know, hearing you say that, like, early on in, tra- in, in minicamp here, that you might give him the benefit of the doubt as maybe the guy that fully takes that, that, that Cole Beasley role. I kind of mentioned this as, like, 
they're going to have options. Like, if a team wants to run a lot of zone against the Bills, I think Jamison Crowder's got that unique Cole Beasley-like wiggle where he's not really going to run past people, but he just knows where the openings are. He knows where to find the soft spots in the zone, where Isaiah McKenzie, you might want to run him out there every time a, a team wants to run man coverage against you. Totally. I mean, this is a what we're talking about is a great problem to have. Where, like, I think they can be okay with both of them, with either of them, and it can be different things. I mean, that's to me why a lot of the offensive additions that the Bills made this year are really good because they only made, like, they have more weapons now. Like, they have a guy like Jameson Crowder who, if Isaiah McKenzie can't, like you mentioned, like, we haven't seen him do it consistently. Like, if he can't fill that role, they have another guy to go to. And that's the same thing as, like, adding O.J. Howard and drafting James Cook. Like, they have these new weapons to work with, and I think we're going to see different things from this offense because of that. But, yeah, I think Isaiah McKenzie can develop into that. Cole Beasley more – not Cole Beasley. He will not be (laughs) exactly what Cole Beasley was. He's going to be his own thing because he's faster than Cole Beasley. But I do think he can develop into that, and they're going to give him the opportunity to see if he can do that. Elena Getzenberg here of ESPN. She's joining me on the Wester Hotline. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills training camp. We're just a couple of weeks away before we're at St. John Fisher once again. Rejoice, rejoice. Um, Elena, you know, obviously the wide receiver position is, and, and particularly the slot, is an interesting sort of talking point for a lot of Bills fans. I was talking about James Cook, right? And, and the history of second-round picks in the Brandon Bean era, they've been... I don't, want, I don't stop short of saying like fully disappointing, but they really have not had early impacts. You go, you date back to his first true second round pick, Cody Ford. Um, they traded up for Ford, and he has not materialized into the player I think that they imagined and envisioned he would be when they traded up for him. Um, I think a lot of a, a lot of times they thought that he'd be their guard. They bumped him to tackle. They bumped him back to guard, then left guard, then right guard, then left guard. Um, they've moved him all around, and I think because of that, that that probably tells you that they still really haven't found what he does best. So that has been a bit of a wash. AJF. Vanessa, I think people are still hoping this is his year. I think there was a lot of optimism that last year he would be his breakout year, and it didn't quite happen that way. And then last year, Boogie Basham had a tough time finding the field. Now, it was a loaded group, so I'm not going to say it's because of his you know, lack of whatever it might be. I think it just was a numbers game. And, and Brandon Bean has said that numerous times about Boogie Basham. But this year's second-round pick, Elena, you mentioned it. Great segue. It's like you're a professional radio woman. James Cook, right? Like... <laughs> I, I find this so enamoring and this so interesting that everybody seems to be pigeonholing him into this very limited pass-catching role with no real upside as a runner. And I, I, I don't know if it was day three of the draft when Brandon Bean had to like come back to the podium to say, listen, I said you know he's more of a pass-catching back during, my, during the, inter- the press conference after his draft, but I want to make sure people know he can be a guy that we turn around and hand it to as well. What do you envision from him? And maybe this is the question I have. Do you envision his role being vastly different by like week 16 than it is week one? Oh, totally. Yes, I think so. I mean, I think that's you that's what rookies are right like not okay there's exceptions that and you kind of listed you know second round picks that haven't made an impact so far I think we're going to see James Cook make an impact I don't think there's much doubt to that to me and yeah he's gonna what he's doing week one is gonna look different than week 16 you better hope this offense (laughs) you know looks different from the start to the end but yeah I He's not just a pass catcher. And I, when you mentioned Brandon coming back out to say that, because I think Brandon called him almost like a wide receiver qualities or yes. something to that effect. Right. Where it was like, 
wow, that's <laughs> that's something. But he also, like, if you look at his numbers from Georgia, he can run. Like, <laughs> this guy can put up some serious rushing yards, and I think they're going to ask him to do that. And they are totally – he is going to be on third down, an option for Josh to, you know, throw the ball and let him run. But I also think they're going to just let him run on his own and – he you, you use a second round pick on him. They can't keep like <laughs> you listed the Cody Ford, AJ Vanessa, and I think Boogie. That was last year. There were it was more of the numbers game, and this will be a big year for him. But yeah, they're going to ask him to do a lot. It's not going to just be one thing, and he should improve over the course of the season. That's what you want your rookies to do, and he can be a huge part of this offense. I think I was impressed. Through, you know. Running backs during minicamp is like a big grain of salt. Yeah. Nothing's really happening. No pads. Looks, yeah. Yeah. No pads, no contact. No one's getting even close to him. But, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement that should be involved in James Cook. And I think week one through five, like, we shouldn't really take too much stock in and see kind of how it progresses over the course of the season. I think a funny way to think about James Cook as the college player, right? Over the course of his career, four years at Georgia, he was a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. He played all four years, played in games in all four years. He amassed a total of 230 carries. Najee Harris's senior year at Alabama, he had 251, right? So this is a guy, Elena, that, yes, played all four years at Georgia, the SEC. He was never ever asked to carry the load there. And I think you have a running back, although maybe older than some of the guys in the ETNs that were, you know, that, well, actually ETN stayed till he was a senior as well. Um, but some of these younger guys, Brees Hall, he comes out his junior year. Some of the, some of the other guys mm-hmm. in this class, right, that have way more wear and tear. He was just a guy that I think in that offense, in that program, they recruit so many darn good players that it's hard to be a guy that they would turn around and hand the ball. Like even Sony Michelle and some of these other running backs, Todd Gurley, those guys still had each other, right? Like so they were never the true workhorse there because it was always a committee approach. And I wonder right. that when these guys get to the NFL, now we see Najee Harris. I mean, he played one hundred percent of the snaps in Week One against the Bills last year, which was insane. I'm not expecting that from James Cook, but I would almost think that by his second or third season, Elena, that he's dwarfing a lot of these college stats because he just didn't really play a lot. Totally. And they're also, I think the good thing, too, for like the Bills is that they're not going to ask him to be that guy. Like He's not going to be a Najee Harris. They have Devin Singletary. They have, I mean, we could have a Zach Moss conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that just the day for it? I don't know. <laughs> but... I, they're not going to ask him to be that guy. And like you said, he doesn't have that wear and tear on his body. So they can do a lot with him and not depend on him. And I think that's the ideal situation for his rookie year. And then going back to what you said, yeah, totally. In year two, three, and when these, you know, when the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss contracts are, you know, probably, if we're being realistic, no longer there or one of them's there, whatever then I think maybe he could, like you said, develop into another role. But I think it's good for him, it's good for the team, that they don't need him to be a Najee Harris kind of guy his rookie year. Well, listen, I mean, you said it. We might as well talk about it. Zach Moss, what is what, – what do you – how does one even project, predict, uh, have conversations that don't feel like you're just prognosticating? Because – it feels like his career has gone almost the exact opposite of everyone that projected him in his rookie year to be the breakout candidate. I remember watching Good Morning Football on NFL Network saying, breakout candidate is Zach Moss. And really, 
they've given him every opportunity to take it, and he just hasn't taken. Now they go out and get Duke Johnson. I really wonder, Elena, is there a spot on this roster for him come September 5th or whenever their first game is? It's definitely a conversation worth having, which is, I mean, it's kind of, it's really interesting because they only drafted him two years ago. He's two years into his rookie deal, and we're having a conversation of this pretty high draft pick, you know, can he make this roster? I did a projection this week. Wow, that sounds like a, what a plug. But I did a 53-man roster projection this week, and I have him on there. I think he makes it, but he's going to be one of those guys, like how I see it right now, kind of like last year. He's going to be inactive some game. You know, like he's going to be inactive. He's behind Devin Singletary and James Cook on the roster for me. And he's got to show – but he can do something to, to stick around. Like, I, he just has not stepped up to the occasion consistently. We saw flashes of it. But, man, yeah, I, he's one of those guys that I, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if he's not on this team to some capacity. But they invested really highly. <laughs> Brandon Bean has invested really highly drastic-wise in the running back position. And – I mean, I think if we're being honest, it hasn't really worked out to this point. So that's why James Cook's going to be an interesting case. And I think Zach Moss has to show something. And his roster position, I don't know, it could be a numbers game. I mean, right now I have him on there, but it's certainly something to watch and keep discussing, I guess, as training camp goes on. You know, I know in, in talking about the running backs, you made a funny point, which is like, uh, what can you really take when the when the pads aren't on and there's really no hitting? And by the way, it's not like there's a lot of hitting going on during training camp practices because they want to make sure and, and preserve everyone's health during training camp. But like that first preseason game, I think, will go a long way in kind of learning more about what this group has. But like when you when you look at this roster and you've spent a lot of time at minicamp and OTAs and all that good jazz, is there one player you thought like, ooh, I, I really like what I've seen from him in minicamp with the pads off? but I'm most interested in seeing this guy when the pads come on if this level of play is maintained um, throughout training camp and into the preseason where you can actually find yourself that spot on the team. So I don't know if it's someone just from minicamp specifically, but I went out to um, Vaughn Miller's pass rush summit and got to see some of those young guys out there, and they were like not hitting or like anything like that. Um, but I'm really curious to see how AJ Epinesa looks um, Obviously, he's going to make the roster, but I'm curious to see how he looks kind of during training camp and once they're hitting and all that sort of thing. I think he's entering his third year, and, like, at this point, they need him to do something. He, I mean, the excuses are gone, whatever. He had lost weight and from college and all that stuff. But I want to see, like, how he does because he seems like he has, like, a new – kind of confidence to him I don't know he felt like different to me than from last year and I think he's someone you know you can add Von Miller but if the rest of your defensive line you know your other pass rushers aren't very good that's nice so they really need some of those guys to step up and to me AJ is like one of the key guys I'm going to be watching because you can't tell until the pads are on with those guys and you know I, I don't know I think he has some potential there and I think they need him, obviously, to take a step forward. So he's, to me, someone that like I'm very excited to see as training camp starts and goes on. 
Elena, thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, what, what? Any any stories? Any stuff kind of coming up the pipeline here? It's the dog days of summer. That's why I started the show with. This is like the hardest time for us content creators. There's just not a heck of a lot to talk about. But a- anything fun that you got going on here coming up? Um, we're definitely, like you said, it's the slower time of year. There's definitely stories coming. I would keep an eye just getting set for training camp. Not one big one specifically, but just going through the roster and all that sort of thing. We'll keep having content, and I'm excited to head up to Rochester. I've never been to Rochester before, so I'm very excited for that. And please, please, please send me all Rochester recommendations because I'm, I'm going to need it. It's a, it's a long training camp, so please send those along. Deal, I would be happy to. We're going to get you your first garbage plate. I assume that has not happened in your oh, life yet. God. We... <laughs> There, There is a way to order it, and I will make sure you order it correctly so that you are not disappointed on your first uh, on your first go-round on the garbage plate. All right, I'll hold you to it. All right, Elena, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, your, the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Nate. Mm-hmm. Elena Getzenberg there of ESPN joining us on the Western Hotline. She, uh, she covers the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take a timeout. I'm going to get uh, another break-in on the other side as well. Then we've got the 12 o'clock hour. I've got Ben Baby, another ESPN Nation NFL reporter. He covers the Bengals. The Encore Bengals campaign. We're going to talk about their offseason, their additions on the offensive line, what it means for them, and what Ben believes they are this upcoming season. And then 1230, we've got Alex Clancy. He's the host of Lockdown Cardinals. What's up with the Kyler Murray situation? We'll get all that. That's in the 12 o'clock hour here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. All right, quick little segment here, the 12 o'clock hour. Let me preview it for you. Ben Baby of ESPN, he covers the Cincinnati Bengals. He's going to join us next. We're going to talk about their encore presentation, right? They they go to the Super Bowl last year. What are the expectations now with a uh, with a better and a, uh, a a highly invested in offensive line? What's that look like this year? We're going to talk to Ben about that at 12 at 12.30. Alex Clancy, he's the host of Lockdown Cards. We're going to talk about the Kyler Murray situation, what the expectations are for the Cardinals in one of the tougher divisions in all of football. So we've got that a jam-packed 12 o'clock hour. It's coming your way next here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 